The Blacks and Whites Network proudly presents Katherine Raker of Let's Just Talk. Hi, this is Katherine Raker. My guest today has been on my show many, many times, and his name is Alan Topol. And the nice thing about Al is that he loves to write, and he writes some of the most thrilling novels out there. Besides that, he is a, not only, he's a national best-selling author of 17 novels of international intrigue. His novels have been translated into Chinese, Japanese, Portuguese, and Hebrew. He's a graduate of the Carnegie Institute of Technology and obtained a law degree from Yale University, a partner in a major Washington law firm, and an avid wine collector. He has traveled extensively researching dramatic locations for his novels. His novel that we're going to be talking about today is Alan Topol's The Chinese Agent. And I have to say, uh, this is amazing because I gave him an award for his last book, which was, do you remember? The French Revenge. The French Revenge. Of course. And I actually gave it to me when I was in Washington, D.C. a few years ago. But I want to talk about the new novel, um, Alan, and how you created it. Let's start out with some of the characters in the book, if you don't mind. So can you explain to our audience about them? Sure, absolutely. The protagonist of the book is Kelly Cameron. She's an FBI agent. She's in her mid-30s, a single mom, although she has a significant other man that she's living with. She has a 12-year-old daughter, Julie. She is a rising force in the FBI. And um, the FBI director, Jim Forrester, took a liking to Kelly. And thanks to their relationship of Forrester having a, been of a strong supporter, he put Kelly in charge of the Chinese section of the FBI. And the novel opens, most importantly, with Jim Forrester being murdered on a secret trip he made to Mexico City. For Kelly, this is a very sad and conflicted time. She was close with Forrester. She admired him. She respected him. He had been her mentor. And the president appointed Kelly in charge of the investigation to find out what happened to Jim Forrester and who killed him. And that's the beginning that launches our story. Now, let me ask you a question. Um, how did you... Uh, you research every book that you do. Yes, extensively. And why, you know, why is it called the Chinese agent? Because she's in charge of the Chinese section? No. Well, that that's that's relevant because with all of my books, by way of background, as you know, Catherine, and I'll tell your viewers, is I have two objectives. One objective is to write a book that's a page turner that people will turn the pages. I want to keep them up at night. I want them to wonder what happens next. But at the same time, I have something to say about an important topic in the world. And in this case, what I have to talk about is China and the United States relationship with China. 
which is we're in a very sensitive and precarious relationship and time with China. And as you indicated, I researched that extensively. And I want your listeners, my readers, to understand that we're at a pivotal point with China. Our relationship is precarious and there's an enormous amount on the line. So it's that interest in China and the U.S. relationship with China that motivated me to write The Chinese Agent. So how long did it take you to write it, um, Alan? Well, because of COVID, it was a little bit more difficult going. In one sense, I had more time, but in another sense, um, it was difficult to get stuff. The this the uh, clerical and stuff was difficult. So, but the book took me basically a year and a half. Interestingly, um, this book I put through more drafts than any other of my prior books, and until I was really satisfied with it. But when you raise the question about the Chinese agent, why the Chinese agent? Well, the answer is, and I'm being very careful because. Since it is a thriller, I don't want to give away anything for my readers, for your listeners. But let's just say that Kelly, in her work at the FBI, reached out and had a a Chinese agent, a professor, a woman by the name of Sally Wu, who's a professor at Georgetown University, and she became an agent of Kelly and she was supplying information to Kelly at the FBI. Kelly had dangled her in front of the Chinese. They bit, and so she became basically a double agent. Now the question becomes, what will Sally's relationship be with the Chinese and with Kelly? And that's a critical part of the novel, and I don't wanna give anything away, but except to say, that the relationship between Sally and Kelly is very key and pivotal to the novel. Why what you did on the cover? The cover is very unique, Uh, but you know, it's amazing um, because I told you what my new book's called, (laughs) The Chinese Leopard. Of all the things that we could have called these books, it's really funny. But, and uh, you know, I, I'm so excited about the book because I I love your novels. They're really, really exciting. And you, like you do keep me up. That's the problem. And I don't get enough sleep as it is, you know? So anyhow, and I heard something else about what you're doing. I heard that A Woman of Valor, one of your other books, and that was one of your early novels, is now in development for a seven-episode television series? Absolutely. We're working with people in Hollywood. Um, They put together a terrific package with an actress, with a director, a screenwriter. Uh, They have a treatment. They have the first three episodes written. The title of my book was A Woman of Valor, but they have given the title the working title for the TV series is Leora, which is the name of the protagonist. And it's a very much of an action series. Um, much of it takes place in Israel and in Egypt. So it's Middle Eastern driven. And, um, and for me, working with Hollywood is very exciting. Although I have to say, 
it's fingers crossed and white knuckles all the way because with Hollywood, every time you think everything's on course and you know, oh good, this is practically in the can. Well, it isn't. It, there's always some other new thing that comes up, but hey, we've made really, really great progress. You know, I like what you said a minute ago and you're, you were focused on, on the cover of the book because the cover of the book's really in a sense significant of this Chinese agent because um, it has missiles, Chinese missiles, and that plays an important part in the novel itself. And I don't wanna give away again the plot, but the idea of Chinese missiles pointed at the US is important. And for those of us who remember and live through the Cuban Missile Crisis, we that was part of my driving force for this novel. That's something I've never been able to forget. And I've worked this in to the Chinese agent. So. But for me, this has been a great switch back and forth between China and then the Middle East, as you said, with the TV show. So it's fun doing both of them, really. Well, you know, it's really amazing, um, Alan, because there's so much in the news going on right now. It's the craziest of our times. I've never in all, and I'm from the Vietnam era. I remember the Cuban Missile Crisis. And you know what? <laughs> it's like, it's going on right now. And we're not sure how it's going to come out, are we? Ab you're absolutely right. And then you pick up the newspaper that um, President Biden made a speech in on his Asian trip in Japan and says, if the Chinese attack Taiwan, then we will come to the defense of the Taiwanese. So without getting into what one thinks about that statement or that decision, the fact of the matter is, it is like the Cuban Missile Crisis. It's a very, very precarious and frightening time that we're living in, and, and there's no question about it. Uh, you know, to try to introduce some levity on what you're saying, I was working on a, on a piece that is an op-ed piece for a newspaper. I haven't quite finished it yet. And the title of it is Pity the Poor Washington Thriller Novelist, because as you said, the events in the world are so bizarre. How can we possibly come up with creative enough plots that will the readers won't feel, my goodness, I'm already reading this. So it, it's tough and tricky, but it's a it's a tough time on a serious note as to what you said. Absolutely right and frightening. We really need to come together as a nation and as a republic, not a democracy, a republic. And I think we do. Right, for sure. So we're going to take a short break and where can people purchase your book uh today if they want to and where will you give your website as well sure absolutely um they can purchase my book on amazon either the electronic the kindle version or the paper version and they can find information on my website www.allentopolitz.com T-O-P-O-L dot com. And the one, there's reader mail there. And I would really love it if anyone who read the book offered comments, dropped me a note, gave me their reaction. Writing is a, a lonely business in a certain sense. And I love getting feedback from readers, as I'm sure you love getting feedback from your listeners. Yeah, that's for sure. 
We'll be right back after these important messages. And Catherine Rakers, let's just talk. We'll be right back. We'll be right back after these messages. You're listening to Let's Just Talk with Catherine Raker. This is Dan Perkins, and I want to introduce you to my latest thriller, Ted Baker in Terrorist Gold. This is a continuation of the Brotherhood of the Red Nile story that created quite a stir because people couldn't really separate fiction from reality. This new novel is a story how the Russians interfered with the presidential election by actually blackmailing one of the candidates. Ted Baker has sent one of his agents, John Seacrest, to Moscow to try and trace the source of money that funded the Brotherhood, and John meets up with Natasha, a Russian with an attitude. Like the others in the series, it's full of cliffhangers. It's a real page-turner once you've started it. You're going to find it difficult to put it down. Some people recommend don't start it after 9 o'clock because you'll be up all night. If you're looking for a really scary thriller, as current as today's headlines, then Ted Baker in Terrorist Gold is the book for you. Order your copy of Ted Baker in Terrorist Gold, and after you've read it, go to Amazon and write a review. Did you know that more than 100,000 Americans have a serious lung disease that very few people know about? I'm Dr. David Lederer, co-director of the New York Presbyterian Columbia University Interstitial Lung Disease Program. Idiopathic pulmonary fibrosis, or IPF, is a severe irreversible disease causing scarring of the lungs. IPF can seem similar to other diseases, so many people with IPF may be undiagnosed or misdiagnosed for years. Symptoms include a persistent dry cough, shortness of breath, and a Velcro-like crackle in the lungs, which a doctor can hear. IPF generally affects people over 50 and is slightly more common in men, with a five-year survival rate worse than many cancers. Diagnosis is important, as treatments are now available. The Pulmonary Fibrosis Foundation strongly recommends you see a pulmonologist if you experience shortness of breath that limits your ability to walk up stairs or hills, or an unexplained persistent cough lasting longer than eight weeks. Go to pulmonaryfibrosis.org to learn more about IPF. Little children aren't the only ones afraid of the dark. Millions of soldiers return from war zones with PTSD, traumatic brain injury, anger, frustration, fear, and loneliness, much of which surfaces during the darkness of night. You have the chance to change the lives of these American heroes. Songs and Stories for Soldiers was created to serve veterans who deal with the lack of sleep due to their injuries. Songs and Stories for Soldiers.us provides a free MP3 player for these men and women. With a list of 3 million songs in 16 different styles, 100,000 audiobooks, and 30,000 old-time radio programs, every veteran can find something to soothe and comfort them at no cost. All our players contain an 8-hour audio program designed to help veterans fall asleep. With 1,500-plus vets now participating, it's our goal to deliver 10,000 audio players this year. To learn how you can help, go to our website at songsandstoriesforsoldiers.us. Help us to help a veteran make it through the night. My name is Judy Teeter, and I'm the mother of three boys. My youngest, Joe, was a great kid. He loved sports, music, and his youth group. One day, Joe asked me to drive him to an after-school event, which was about a mile from our home. I was driving through a green light when a car in cross-traffic ran a red light and drove right into the side of our car, killing Joe. The driver was talking on her phone, so she never even saw the red light. She was so absorbed in her phone call. Before the crash, I didn't realize just talking on a cell phone while driving was so dangerous. Now it's something I think about every day. According to the National Safety Council, about one in four car crashes involves a cell phone. Hands-free is no safer. When you're behind the wheel, put away your phone. For Joe and for the thousands of needless deaths every year, remember, there is no safe way to talk on a cell phone while driving. 
Find out more at nsc.org slash callskill. Did you know that memory loss now affects almost 7 million people in America? And the Alzheimer's Research Foundation estimates that by the year 2050, there will be 50 million people with dementia in America. Are you preparing your family, especially your grandchildren, for this issue? This is Dan Perkins, and I'm the author of a new book for children ages 9 to 12 and their families to help them understand that it's not their fault when Grammy can't remember them. Why Can't Grammy Remember Me is available at Amazon or through your local bookseller. Don't make your grandchildren part of the lost generation. Back to the show, you're listening to Let's Just Talk with Katherine Raker. We are back with Alan Topol and his new book, The Chinese Agent, which I can't tell you, I've read just a little bit, and I can't wait to start reading it, because once I read his books, I cannot put them down. I've stayed up until 3, 4, 5 o'clock sometimes reading your books, right? Right. So... Tell me, um, are you, by the way, because you're a lawyer, am I correct? Correct. I'm a lawyer with a Washington law firm and have been a lawyer for my whole career at the same time that I've written these 17 novels. It, it's what I love doing the two things together. Right. Um, and and I'm a lawyer in Washington because being a lawyer has given me exposure to some very interesting people. And I'm able to pick their brains. I'm able to use their personalities and their characters, doctor them a little bit and put them into my novel as fictitious people. So I love doing both together. And you know, what's really fun is uh, being in Washington uh, is today a little bit different, right? Wouldn't you say? Uh, The characters, and I believe they're characters actually, uh, I've never seen anything like what we have today. And it's sad, very sad, to watch the president not know where he is. Now, that's sad to me, if you know what I mean. Um, and he has handlers that are, this could be another novel. Think about it in the future. It's weird. Have you ever in your all your life, experienced what's going on in our country today. And I've lived all over the world. And I can't believe that we're paying such high prices for gas. We don't have any baby milk, we're just getting it. I mean, all of the policies that he has, uh, and I don't wanna say destroyed what we were, we were in a good, in a good position for a while. And then all of a sudden, everything changed overnight in a year and a half. So let me ask you, what do you think is a person that's been around as long as I, I think I'm older than you, I'm not sure. But anyhow, the point is, is, is this like reading a novel? Unfortunately, it is like reading a novel and it's so bizarre, except you don't know how this thing's gonna end. I mean, we've never lived through times like this and it's just very, just downright scary the divisions in the country, the lack of confidence. I mean, it's it's really, it's an amazing time. And um, I mean, I feel sorry that our children and what happens to the next generation who are gonna live through this because it is like a novel and a very bad one. And you feel sorry and sad. I used to have an expression, my very first novel, believe it or not, dealt with 
oil and an Arab oil embargo, and we couldn't get gasoline, and people were lined up to fill their tanks. And that was a long time ago. That was in the 70s, in the 70s. 70s 1973. Good memory, absolutely. But here we are again. And I can remember in the 70s when it happened, saying, which was my motivation for the novel, this can't happen here in the United States. This can't be happening here. I thought I grew up feeling we were special. These are the things that happened to other people. Well, guess what? As you said, with the baby formula and the price of gas, I don't know what it is in Cincinnati, but it's humongous everywhere. I mean, you're just saying, how is this happening in the United States? And you really feel very, very, not only sad, but fearful as to where we're going as a country. I couldn't agree with you more, Catherine. The scariest part, the scariest part, actually, um, I think the scariest part is that we have let the progressive in this country determine what's going to happen. I mean, from everything from free speech to, I mean, you can't say certain things. I mean, that's ridiculous. And for parents not to be able to say things to, you know, watch over their children is really sad. I don't, you know, I, I can't, I've never, I feel like I'm in a nightmare sometimes, seriously, because I have grandchildren and great-grandchildren today, and I worry, worry about, like you said, what's next for them? And that's the thing, and, I, and I'm proud of the parents that have stood up and said, enough, no more woke, no more gender, all the stuff that's going on out there we never had to experience, seriously. Well, well, and you're right, but but I guess, you know, sort of coming back to the Chinese agent, what's really upsets me is while we have these terrible um, tumultuous events in domestic policy, the foreign policy is continuing. What's happening in Russia is done right with Ukraine frightening to us because suppose Putin, who's now losing the war, Suppose he reaches out and attacks one of the countries from NATO. Let's assume the small ones, right. Estonia, Latvia, Lithuania. Or if he or even Poland, think or about Poland. it. If he attacks one of them, then the United States and the Western European countries are obligated to come to their defense under the NATO treaty. That'll mean sending United States troops and United States planes to fight a war in Europe. And it's frightening. And at the same time, which is what brought me to doing my book, The Chinese Agent, China's becoming increasingly more belligerent. And how are we going to respond to their belligerency, particularly because their, mel their military has been very much on the ascension and is now challenging us for world domination. So on top of our domestic problems, we are in, in really in a very frightening foreign policy situation, which is what led me to write The Chinese Agent, not to frighten your readers anymore, my readers, your listeners, but to tell them, hey, this is happening and we're going to have to deal with it. We have oil in the ground. They're so crazy in Washington about this. I mean, this is this is domestic in a sense. It's sad. I mean, the world is watching the craziness of here in the United States, and they, we are not standing up and saying enough is enough. So 
you know, what's next? The 25th Amendment? I don't know. You're, well, you're so right, because the idea that that we're having to hunt for oil in these places or gas is absurd with all the oil this country has and the natural gas and our resources. Why can't we mobilize those resources and utilize those resources? Why do we have to go off to enrich the Venezuelans? I mean, that, you know, that to me is just is the height of ridiculousness. Well, and the Iran situation, he wants to change that. He wants to, I don't know if he wants to make us Venezuela or not. I mean, think about it. Think about Venezuela was at one time a very powerful country and look what happened. And that's the same thing that they want. I think that they're buying islands to escape to them. So let us just suffer. I don't know. But I think that Americans have finally seen the truth of what's happening. And that's the reason why everybody's out voting in the next few days like crazy. I've never seen the polls like this before for primaries. Have you? No, no, I never have either. And, and, and you're right. It's sad that we would do any business with the Iranians. I mean, that's, a, that's another joke, but it really is because they, they are the sponsors of terrorism and that's a problem. Uh, and we're just, uh, you know, we have to deal with them realistically. But you're right, people are out voting. That's a good thing. Let them vote really yeah, seriously. Right, and I'm, I'm just so happy to see people standing up and doing things now that maybe they wouldn't have done a few years ago, but I'm proud. I'm proud to be an American that believes in our republic and our constitution and what our forefathers fought for. And that's what we have to remember. Those were, those were so important and, and that's what we have to teach our children and not all this craziness that they're trying to teach in the schools, okay? That's just my opinion, but um, I, I feel very strongly about it, as you know. So let me ask you this. Is this, is this the next, tell me what the next, you have the next book all ready to go? Well, I'm, I'm deep into the research and writing of the next book, and I'm going to bring back one of your favorite characters, Craig Page and wow. Elizabeth Crowder, because you and some of my other fans really liked the character. And so I'm going to bring Craig Page back and Elizabeth Crowder, and I'm going to work them into, into a novel. And, you know, at first I was going to involve Russia in the novel. As you know, I've written a couple novels um, involving Russia. And, but what Putin is doing now has made it impossible to try to work Russia into a novel because he's so bizarre and events are happening so fast. And on the other hand, I've gotten so much positive feedback from the Chinese agent and readers have said, write another book about China, write another book. China is what you write about. Well, it's where the action is, write another book. So I'm going to involve them in a story that also deals with China, quite a different story, but but that's where I'm headed. I wanna to try to stay one step ahead of current events if it's possible and not yeah. one step behind. It's hard, it's, hard. it's a challenge, it's a challenge, right? Right, you, you won't want me on your show, Catherine, if my book is something that already happened yesterday. It's right. gotta be something where you and your listeners will say, hey, that could happen. I mean, you know, these, these Chinese missiles 
in the Cuban Missile Crisis. Hey, you know, this is something that could happen. So that's what I've got to sort of picture myself, put myself in that situation. Well, I, I'll tell you what, it's always a pleasure to have you on our show. But we're running out of time. And uh, so if you would give your website, if you would give your, where people can purchase a book. And I'd love to have you back on. Uh, I'm on a new television show and radio show that I'll tell you about. And that's called the Blacks and Whites Network. It's blackandwhites.us. And it's bringing the country together because it is a show that really cares about people. And one of my clients, Dan Perkins and his partner, actually started the network to bring people together. And uh, we're, I'm very excited I start on June 1st. I wanna thank you for joining me today. And so I wanna have you back on a few, in, in about a month, if we could do that again, I would really love to have you. Would you come back? I would love to. I always love talking with you, Catherine. It's a great, great treat and a pleasure. Of course, I would, really. I'd talk about the Chinese agent or whatever subject you want. My pleasure. Thank you. And so go to your website at? Right. Go to my website, www.allantopol.com, and they can purchase the book on Amazon, either the Kindle version or the paper version. And I hope they will send me reader comments if they read the novel. Well, thank you for joining me today on Catherine Raker's World, and let's just talk. Thank you for joining us on Catherine Raker's Let's Just Talk on the Blacks and Whites Network.